times. We're living in the inf- the social media influencer world and and the meme world, and everything has to be turned into some catchphrase, <laughs> and something has to always be higher minded, yeah. And everything has to always have the lesson embedded in it. But sometimes the lesson is how to choke somebody. Yeah. Okay, guys, Splendid Torch Podcast. We are back. Professor Pete here. Sir, how are you? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? I'm awesome, man. I got Coach Pete with me as always. So let's dive right in. We wanted to jump on last night, which was Memorial Day. Yes, sir. Um, you know, for like a brief kind of half podcast, so to speak. And I didn't. I just texted you. Were busy. You know, I was busy yeah. at different times. Uh, we couldn't. We couldn't link up. But uh, I think we probably both wanted to talk about the same thing, even though we didn't like lay that out. Yeah. What do you think we would have talked about? Not open mat yesterday, dude. Yo, it was packed. I got to tell you, and I stopped into we we had to go to we didn't have to. I was happy to do it, but yeah. we went to my nephew's uh, baseball game, which in this fan in my family, the family I married into. <laughs> These kids, like, you know, it's the only time you have, like, a four-year-old soccer game where there's 30 family members <laughs> cheering in the stands. But uh, so I but I popped in because yeah. I wanted to come and say hi to everybody. It's this good was, to see it. It was the first year where uh, I didn't get to train Memorial Day. Family like, allegations. Yeah, well, there's that. And Melissa was like, you're not back to 100%. And, you know, a few excuses. And yeah, that's yeah. all they really are. But, dude, you know, I had you guys send me videos. And, of course, I checked yeah. the camera, the eye in the sky. The eye I was in the watching. sky. You were here. You were yes. you were boots on the ground. Yes. What was it, what was it like? Um, it was packed, and even more than that, everybody was getting after it. Yeah, you man. know there was really, and it was almost to the point where, and we only we stuck to like Professor Steve and I went to Matt three. Uh, did you? To, yeah, we went over there training. And we you know we tra- I think we did a round and a half over there. Because there was just so many people on the mat. I mean, it was real. It was. Well, I, w- I want to touch on that real yeah. quick. Can I please? Absolutely. Sir. So you know, uh, the video was on Instagram, the one that Juliana took, and and Melissa. You know, I'm showing Melissa. I'm like, yeah. look at this. She's like, did do you want to go train? I was like, well, it's fucking over now. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, look, we're stopping in either yeah. way. But um, she was like, it's packed. Why are both mats packed like that? I was like, no, everybody. She's like, why is everybody on one mat? And I'm like, Melissa, because. Jiu-Jitsu is only half of it. Yeah. I'm like, these people just want to be together. Yes. Like, this is this yeah. is what we do. Yep. Like, yeah, look how sweaty. Look at, like, Angela. Look at <laughs> look at Hodges. Like, look at uh, Professor Steven. Side control on top of somebody. Yeah. Look, I, I can only assume is Russ. Yes. You know, but I'm not even mad, especially in situations like Memorial Day Open, Matt, I'm not even mad when half of the people are on the wall. Because especially, space. they just, well, there's space. Yeah. Uh, they're going to get their rounds in because this is like, that's one of those marathon training sessions. Yes, like we were you guys almost are, three hours. Yeah. Almost three hours. You're going to get your eight, yes. nine, ten rounds yes. in. So I'm not going to be one of those crazy guys who's cracking the whip. I like that people want to be on the wall. They want to talk jujitsu. They want to oh, yeah. talk. They want to BS. They're coaching. There's a lot of that. Yeah. But you know what's really going on, man? They're forging those Bonds. Those bonds. And the cool thing is there were so many newer students. Yes. I bet they've never really seen it. They've never experienced no. that. Because, yeah. man, COVID really screwed the open mat. Yes. Like the sensation of the open mat kind of got slowed down. We'll slowed, it was slowed Because I'll be honest, dude. 
I have the camera, and I did watch <laughs> you guys over COVID. Nobody listened to me for the most part. I'm like, well, guys, we have three mats. Like, we break heard it you. Up. You heard, yeah, you, you listened to me, but uh, you didn't follow the directions. My father knows exactly how that is. Yeah, which is fine. We yeah. made it through. Uh, yeah, there was um, one is one thing, and everybody's saying the same thing, and you probably heard us say this. One, all the newer students are not small. They're all bigger a lot guys. Of big boys coming up. A lot of athletic guys. Um, and, and I got to tell you, man, I don't know, whatever it is, people are coming in and, you know, when you're training with them live, like, uh, what's his name? Max, Irish Spring. He got a uh, nickname yesterday. Such a good nickname. It is. You know, he's Describe, describe Max to people who don't know. He's about 6'2". He's red. He's as Irish as he can yeah. get. <laughs> if he, he, he gets a sunburn when you turn the light bulb on. <laughs> he, he, he makes me look Italian. He does. You kind of look he, I look Sicilian when I stay next <laughs> to him. You're Sigi, yes. But, you know, he, he's a big guy. He's... Again, hey, coach, you want to roll? Yeah, let's do it. Let's yeah, get Yeah, he can to. move. I think he wrestled. Though. Yeah, he has. You can tell he's moved before. Yeah. And, nice, and again, nice guy, though. Very nice. Always smiling. That's the other very thing, Very respectful. Man. We have the, the amount of people that come in here off the street, and they're just, they're, they come in with the right attitude. Yeah. I mean, we go to Horton's, you know, like that, and uh, Max, you know, Irish Spring. Yeah. Just all the new guys that come in, you know, Ray. Yeah. Who's uh, Roberto's brother, uh, brother-in-law? Man, all these guys come in off the street. Right, crazy, right? Yeah, with the, oh, I with didn't, the yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, he, that's uh, uh, Roberto's brother-in-law. Nice. Yeah, it, it's just the attitude is awesome. They come in with the right mindset. Um, you know, Brian Knowles, another big guy. He wasn't there yesterday. I wish he would have been. But you know, another big guy comes in. Matt, I mean, what is Olympic karate guy? Yeah. You know, way back in the day, and just the right mindset, the right attitude. Everybody comes in and they're humble off the street. Yeah, but why do you think that is? Do you think that we're just uh, fortunate and and coincidentally the people coming in just happen to be humble people? No. What, what do you think it is? I think that early on they kind of get a glimpse of yeah. what's going on. And they, they and Ryan, I mean, we talked about it before when Ryan came in. He goes, "I I'm a you know a high level karate guy, Olympic, yeah. you know all that." I would walk around the street and feel like I could knock. Yeah, anyone. knockout guy. And he goes, I watch you guys, and I'm looking at you, who's 5'8", you know, 170 pounds yeah. of olive oil and meatballs, and you'd kill me. Look, the, here's the thing. You hear me say this a lot. Humans are very adaptable creatures. Like, we're very adaptive. Yes. So when you walk into an environment, dude, like, even think back to high school, right? You go to a house party, maybe in the neighboring <laughs> town, you get the sense right away, am I going to get into a fight today? Am yes. I going to make a new friend? Am I going to find my future ex-wife? <laughs> like, you can feel that in the air the second you walk in. Yes. Like, you know, like a golfer. Like, you lick your finger, you put it up in the air. You're like, yeah. oh, I get fighting. feel the wind. Yeah, I guess we're yeah, fighting. Guess we're it's fighting. the same when you walk into a martial arts academy. Yes. But, and believe me, like, I've been to a lot of seminars, especially, like, in my karate days and, and like, my um, – like Promac days, which is like professional martial arts college. I've been to a lot of like uh, business seminars at different schools. Yeah, it's the same thing, man. You walk in the second you open the door, it's like the wind hits you. Usually, you can even tell by the smell. If it smells like a foot, usually <laughs> like their their attitude is murder, death, kill. Yes, yes. And if it smells like lilacs, they probably don't do any live training. We have that beautiful mix of, you know, it smells kind of like uh, like a library, and then yeah. you go a little bit deeper, and then it's like, oh, oh okay. there's the hard training. Okay. <laughs> But it doesn't smack you in the face no. when you walk in. So when you get a guy like like Mad Max, yeah, you know, big, 
strong, aggressive guy. Yeah. He's like one of those type A guys. You know, he's mm-hmm. I don't know what he does, but I assume it's something in finance. He's a, I think he's a he's a business guy. I know he that. seems I think like he's a, a sales guy. Yeah, he's one like of that. he just I don't know. I, this is me just oh, venturing we talked about a guess. It before, I'm, I'm sure you did, and I'm sure you already forgot. Yeah. That's what happens at your, your advanced age. <laughs> um, but he strikes me as the type of guy, you know, he spends his days like a wolf, like one of those business, like you got to be on your toes yeah. and you got to like kind of know how to lean lean in and get things done. And I could be wrong. That's how he strikes me. And you see him roll and it's evident. Yeah. Like he's an aggressive guy. Yes. But I love it. And and one of my favorite things is he's he's like super respectful, super kind, very considerate. Yes. And the point being that um, that could have gone a different way should he have walked into a different academy. True. Like if he walked into an environment maybe that was a little more, we could call aggressive, mm-hmm. you know, that would have manifest his, his uh, specific set of talents and attributes would have manifested themselves in a very different way. Yeah, that's true. So that's the thing, man. You can walk in to an open mat like that and everybody just wants to be with each other. Everybody wants to talk and train. You know, but yeah. that, that's a magical experience. There's a lot of gamesmanship that goes on too, which makes it. I mean, let's be honest. You could just go to an open by mat. game. Do you mean trash talking? Well, yeah. I mean, you get Kiratatas and Kenny Z, the morning main. I love it. And and there's just smack talk, and they're doing two rounds straight. Yeah, right through the clock. I love it. And you know, and there's that's going on. And then like I was rolling with Kenny Z, and everybody's just watching and breaking stones. Yeah. And it's like, oh, oh you know. Dude, did, how funny is that that we could get a guy like John Kurtatas to talk trash? That's like. <laughs> he's good at it. He's that's good, in, too. That's insane, dude. It's awesome. And, you know, and, and it goes on. Just like when somebody's, it, you know, I think it was uh, Ange was rolling with uh, Professor Steve and trapped underneath yep. the side control. Bottom side control. The, the Volkswagen Beetle. And we're like, Edge, you got him right there. You got him right where you want him. Go ahead. Oopa. All right. Maybe not because he's going to squeeze tighter. You know, and there's that whole thing is going on. And it goes from, you know, the front of the mat to the back to the mat. And even if you're not in that area, you hear it in the back of the mat yeah. that it's going on. Somebody's rolling with Hodges or Hodges and Max were rolling. Yeah. You hear, you hear the mat smack. Yeah, like smack. Whack, 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 crap. It's like, oh, what the crap? Yeah. Everybody Whoa. kind of pokes their head up a little <laughs> yeah. bit, but... That's awesome, man. The mojo on that, Matt, yesterday, and I, I would have to go back and look at the tape, the video that I took to count how many people, 35 people, I think. I'm sure there's Probably around 35, 40 people. I, yeah, it was probably like 40 people. But and we had latecomers, too. Yeah. Boguslaw showed up late. Alex there's a lot of late. like, you know, yeah. the guys come in early, have to leave early. A lot of guys come in. Look, the numbers, That's I think that's inconsequential. It's more... The feeling. Yeah, the experience. If we had 10 people, it would have been the same thing. I agree. I guarantee it, because it usually is. There's No, I disagree. I think there's critical mass. I think there's critical mass. I, I would say that the number is like 18. Yes. You know, in yeah. like a in like a 950-square-foot mat, you want to have like at least 18 people. Yeah. How uh, big is this mat on mat two? Mat two is like just about a th- – it's like 980 square feet. Yeah, it's right there. And we, we maxed it out yesterday. Yes. Maxed it out. It's a beautiful sight. There, dude, you know, here's the thing. We, we're we're herd animals, right? We're yeah. we're uh, we're social creatures. Yeah. And you know that's social proof. And there's just some about larger numbers. It it, it puts you in, in like a trance. It's yeah. like uh, it's like mass hypnosis, where you kind of just get swept up in the in the feeling. It's like why going to a concert so awesome? It's like you're you're with ten thousand people listening I can't to wait something. To go to a concert, man. Yeah, dude, coming up soon. We got a couple lined up right now, actually. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a, a lot. Well, I don't want to sidetrack, but there's a bunch of shows coming up in September. Yeah, let's, nobody gives a shit. All right, yeah. um, All right let's go. Sorry, dude. Um, but here's what I wanted to talk about yesterday, if, if we were able to jump on the horn. Let's uh, just talk very briefly. Um, and I'll say this, dude. Our last episode, I was pretty concerned that yeah. there'd be, you know, we went down like, I'm not even going to call it a rabbit hole. I'm glad that the podcast took that hard right-hand turn. Mm-hmm. We talked about masculinity. Yes. And... And uh, it's weird in, in today's climate that you would have to be nervous about talking about something like as as obvious and inherent as masculinity. Yeah. Like clearly there's something that is masculine and something that is feminine. Yes. You know? And then, of course, there's a lot of crossover, whatever, blah, blah, blah. We can, you know, try yeah. to tackle it again another day. Not only did we not get backlash, it was the most we got good feedback. feedback I got from any other podcast that we did. Which, you know, that's a, a powerful thing. And to kind of piggyback off of that, I wanted to take a stab at this, that yesterday was Memorial Day. Yeah. Which, you know, you're, you're the, the serviceman. What, what does that mean? So, and there's always the crossover people. Oh, thank you for your service. I'm like, it's not about me. Wrong day, right? Wrong day. We have Veterans Day for that. I appreciate it, but it's not about me. It's about those that pay the ultimate price. And, you know... It's always, I think it's taken for granted a lot of times. People yeah. just walk around, oh, hey, look what I could do. I'm going to, you know, do this or that. And it's like, well, why can you do that? Yeah. Why can you do that? Because somebody paid the ultimate price. They put their life on the line, right? They died so you can say what the hell you want. Yeah. So you could do what you want. So that you could barbecue. Right. Right? And you're not being oppressed under some government that, that took us over and we we touched on that a little bit that's yeah. what i want to kind of get to last episode we talked about guys like tim kennedy who guys who have seen the world tend to be way more appreciative of what we have here because yes. they've seen the other side of it i make a couple jokes here and there whenever you bring up the fact that you work for td bank yeah. about canada and one of the things you have to realize and you know it's no secret i'm a big jordan peterson fan mm-hmm. and he's canadian he's canadian you know yeah, university of toronto right but you know he's from like alberta he's from like the woods yeah. in canada um he, his claim to fame originally was how he was fighting against compelled speech pronouns exactly which again he's not against calling it, you know people them they yes. whatever it's when when something starts to become forced on you by the government that's a slippery slope and that's yes. that was his argument and that kind of opened my eyes to the fact that, you know, when you think of Canada, you're like, oh, it's, you know, Canada is like America light. Yeah, it's not. You know, they're super laid back, super, super friendly neighbor, eh? Hey. Right. However, what did COVID show us? Yeah. Man, they're, I think they're still in lockdown. They, I think, well, I know certain areas are locked down. Uh, Toronto, I believe, as of today, what's today, the first? The first of June. Today oh, no, or tomorrow? tomorrow? I think tomorrow. And a lot of tomorrow, the jiu-jitsu guys I follow, they'll open up July 2nd. Yeah. Whatever. That, you know, I understand lockdowns have a time and place. Maybe that's debatable. Mm-hmm. Um, we did what we did and whatever. The point being, it, like, you, we see what happens in Canada where neighbors are, are ratting on neighbors. They're sending, like, 85 armed, and like, SWAT cars <laughs> yeah. to, like, a church. Yep. It's very draconian. It's yes. very locked down. Not only that, com- comedians are paying twenty, thirty thousand dollar fines for like making fun of somebody in the audience, yep. and, and like it's just it's little examples like that where you're like, oh whoa, it's they don't have a First Amendment, yeah, dude, they don't have a Bill of Rights, yes, like their Constitution is. And then you start to really look around the world, and you're like, hot damn, yeah, that piece of paper that we have is it's a thing of beauty, yes. 
again, on the, the caveat being, is America perfect? Absolutely not. No. Has America progressed by leaps and bounds in the last like century? Yes. It's not a perfect place. And we talked about it last time. One of the, the things is this awesome document we have, it's still being like interpreted and, and enacted by humans. Yes. You know, humans with their own friggin' biases they're, they're the and their own flaw. agendas. Yeah. yeah, dude, the paper's great. We're idiots is yes, the problem. That's pretty much it. Right. Nonetheless, this is like, you know, arguably the best time in human history and arguably the best country in the history of the world. Yes. Which, you know what's funny about saying that? That paints me as what? <laughs> it paints me as like a crazy Trump guy. Yeah, you sound Trumpy. But, Isn't that crazy? But it's not. It's, you you know not. I'm not a Trump guy. I know you're not. I'm not a Biden guy. I just, politicians right are fucking middle. snakes. Yeah, I, I'm a, a firm believer that if you trust your politician, you're an idiot. Right. Yeah. You cannot it, trust the one. Look, it's unfortunate. There are some, I think, that- like, I think you could trust more than others. Yeah. I think there's some like, uh, what's his name? Uh, with the eye, the, uh, Dan, Dan Crenshaw. Crenshaw. And that paints you as a Trumper. Because he's like a libertarian. He's like a constitution a, guy. Yeah, which- which makes you a crazy person, which is insane to me. It's insane. You know, that's like um, here, uh, Tulsi here's Gabbard. The she's, a, she's, on the, she's a Democrat. She's a libertarian. She's a libertarian. Dude. And the sad part is, I think, and, it's, and we could go into this whole political thing, but I, the problem is that everybody's gone so far left or so far right that it's become yeah. crazy. Yeah, because if you're not playing by your team's rules, you're not like you're not a good yeah. team player, and like, and and if you're not real hard in the paint with your team's position, then you, get you might ball, be yeah. you might be positioned Ostracized as, as yeah, as like a shill or something. It's <laughs> insane. Dude. I don't understand it. I I am. You know I, what the best cure for all this is? Politics is one of the main reasons this country's the the politics. Dude, the, the best really cure for all this is just not going on Twitter, not going on Instagram. Yeah, I don't follow any. Dude, the other crazy thing is, like, I follow everybody on Instagram, just like you do. Yes, and people that, that we know personally here, they'll yeah. put some stuff and say some things on Instagram, whether it's super far right, which is easier and more like widely acceptable to kind of like bash them for. Yeah, or they put something super far left, super woke. You know, something that's like borderline <laughs> fascist, and then you know you're not allowed to call them out on that because then yeah. you're, you're you're a fascist. You'll yourself. like this. But dude, and then you see them in person, and they're not like that. No, no, I think that's sharing stuff. We're driving in the car with my father on Saturday. My father was st st uh, stayed with us, uh, so we did the uh, the family trip to Costco. Nice on Saturday in the in the sun, and uh, my dad's like, Peter, what's woke? I have no. <laughs> I'm like, Dad. When we get home, we get ask Alexa. She knows more than I do. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't. I don't get it. I, I have yeah. a general idea what it is, but I I don't know. It's, so they're trying. Woke is starting to creep into jujitsu in certain pockets. Yes. Um, it, the good thing is it's not going to happen here because because I know better. Because yeah. I like we have a, a welcoming environment that is free of discrimination, is free of bias, and yeah. you know, free of bigotry. It's it's an open environment where everybody is supported equally. And, exactly. And the good thing is, look. The only people to get ostracized here are douchebags. No, wrist lockers. <laughs> no, I've wrist, I've wrist locked people all the time. I'm joking when I say that. No, I get it. I, hey, don't, but don't joke about that because wrist locks are legitimate. It is legit. Um, and I'm going to say this, dude. Again, we're not, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect, no. you know? And like, 
maybe I'll make a, like a reference when I'm teaching that either somebody's too young to understand mm-hmm. or maybe it's so outdated it's offensive to somebody. The caveat there being, for some reason, everything's offensive all the time. Yes. And we, you know, we would never let that slide is the thing. Like we, mm-hmm. we do our best to just have this great environment. And it, it's easy, I'm saying, it's easier to have that well-rounded, safe, you know, supportive, welcoming environment when it's a jujitsu school. Yeah. When it's the United States of America, that's a tall order, I would say. True. Very true. Yeah. But, you know, I wanted to, I didn't want another Memorial Day weekend to go by without pointing out, which we get to do every year. It's just I wasn't here yesterday to do my, you know, yearly video. We get to do this because, you know, 300 years ago, you know, 250 years ago now. Yeah. You know, some, some big bald Americans. Yeah. Well, you know, before they were able to sign that they paper, fight. they had a fight. For yeah, it. dude, that's that's yeah. some big stuff, right there. When I, I don't know, I was there. You seen yeah. the pictures? Who was it? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Jeff Anderson. I was on the. Uh, the You're boat. the one rowing the I boat across the, the boat Delaware. The you know, but and then that happened a whole bunch of other times across you know the very brief history of the United States, yeah. and and right now things are seeming as divided as they've ever been. And I'm. This sounds so corny and cliched, but. I think if you take a step back or put your phone down at least and like you realize what you're able to do on a daily basis, that's the easiest way to, to figure out like Appreciate what you have. To really use like the litmus test is what does your daily life look like? It's not that bad. Well, dude, I mean you for what I you gotta say this. For us, it's not that bad. No. For some people maybe, but for me, my immediate relationships, the people like in my sphere of influence, mm-hmm. man, we're doing pretty damn good. We've yeah. got some we get to come here and train. That's huge. Oh God, I I, I just like, hate I hate to overlook the fact that like it's a big deal what we get to do here. I I tell you I love I mean I, I you know I love open mat. When when I first came here I was like when are we gonna do open mat? When are we gonna do open mat? Because yeah. I just love open mat. I love the idea of just getting after it. And the mojo, the feeling, the training—it's always just so good, you know. We, I mean, I have pictures where there's three of us on the mat doing open mat. Yeah. And then you turn to yesterday where we had 40. Yeah, but before COVID, there were, that was a normal open mat. We had more. We had two mats going, yeah. and it was we were a melting pot of people. For, you know, Dude, many, different academies, different. They came here to train. Because different they, everything. Yes, and it was awesome. And, you know, the vibe is really awesome. And then, you know, then you look at what's who's on the mat. You had several black belts on the mat. You had three black belts on the mat. You had yeah. high-level brown belts on the mat. Uh, you know, purple belt. All the really good guys that Brand are in Brand new here. white belts. Brand new white belts, which is even more important. I really believe that that's important because they start to get assimilated yeah. more into the academy, the, the the flow of the academy, and what's happening on the mat. And they're learning on the mat with these people. And then you have something like Battle. Battle's getting ready to compete this weekend at Emerald City. Was he training or just drilling? He was murdering people. Just drilling. That's him. No, drilling. he. I know. That's him drilling. Though he doesn't even. He get, doesn't. He is. He's he, on a different level. He's right on now. a different level right now, and he makes you, you. You walk off the mat, and you you wipe the tear off your eye. And, Dude, the cool thing is, a lot of our newer students, like from the last year or so, ha, don't know what he's capable of. Like they, they they saw it yesterday to a certain degree. Well, there's dude. Wait until he competes. It's going to be even. That's the because here the thing about jujitsu is it takes two to tango. That's why you'll get a black belt. And for me, take me for example. Like I'll, I'll roll with a, a brown belt and I'll dance around him. Yeah. Dance over his guard, take his back, choke him out. 
And then I'll go against a white belt, like a three-stripe white belt, and it's, like, clunky. Yeah. And, like, I'm, like, <laughs> bomb, bomb. It's, like, putting a square peg in a round hole. It's just yeah. I look like I'm a, a blue belt because <laughs> it takes two to tango. Yeah. Like, if you're not speaking the same language, it's like a con- jiu-jitsu is a conversation. So if you get, you know, two people speaking, like, Spanish from, like, like Madrid, it's, like, yeah. a beautiful thing. But if you take, like... I don't know somebody from Russia and have not talked to somebody from like Canada. <laughs> yeah. It's an it's like it's a clunky thing. Yeah, jujitsu is the same thing. So when you see a guy like Battle, when he's in here, yeah, he'll dance around everybody and, yeah. and it's beautiful. But you need like that. It's going to be that high level competition against a really skilled black belt that's going to bring out the best language yes. in him, and it's going to be a, a sight to see. It's going to be beautiful because. You need that other dance partner to mm-hmm. really bring out your 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 skill. And you could see it yesterday. Yesterday you could really see it. And yeah. you know, people are like, hey, you know, you could see when he's I'm just moving around with so and so their whatever their rank is. And then you could see when he gets after it and he murdered me yesterday. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's absolutely he's just so good. And I'm trying to give him looks that he may see this weekend, so I'm trying to play the leg game with yeah, him. Yeah, but it's and not it's the still, same thing, dude. No, I know. but I Trust me, I know. But I'm just trying to do my point to yeah. help out. But, man, when he's just – his motion – and, you know, we've talked about it before where it's like he's literally like throwing a cat in a bathtub. Yeah. And you see it yesterday. and he's But it's so controlled and so meticulous and every detail is on yeah. point. Everything that we see in the mornings – He's doing it, and he's doing it live, and he's doing it at full speed. Well, not full speed for us, but he's doing it at another level, yeah. and you can see it. And yeah, it's, man, it's there. You it's part really, of guys, you got to watch. You got to watch. You will really appreciate. We will how good he is. Hopefully, they stream it. We'll, we'll show our support. It's um, on YouTube, I believe. Cool. Um, so I wanted to transition yes. to this, dude. So we're talking about the beauty of of open that, and you you were saying the vibe, yeah. And then we already dove into. The environment kind of you walk right into it, and immediately it'll shift you into a certain direction of behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's easier to let your guard down when you could tell you're around like like-minded, like people with self-control. Yes. Really, is what it is, and people who aren't aren't view, viewing you as the opposition. That you know, everybody here is viewed as a teammate. And once you understand that, then you can get after it. Yes, because there's two ways you can walk in, and and the people are, are your competition, and you got to murder them. Then you'll get after it. Yeah. And then the other way is harder, I think, because it takes more work to, to develop that culture where you let your guard down, you realize that we're all dependent on each other, we're cooperating. Then when you build that trust, then you can get after it, I think, yes. even harder and safer. It's, yep. a, it's a weird paradox, right? You can train harder with the people you trust than the people who are your competition. Yeah. It's a weird thing. And trust is earned, so that takes time. So, um, we're, the school's doing really well. We're growing. Yes. We're, the, the school has never been this busy. Le, like legitimately, numbers-wise, this is the most active students we've ever had. Um, new student-wise, this is like the most we've ever had coming in at once, the big influx. Uh, Attendance-wise, I would say we're probably right at, you know, the, the high watermark yeah. of where we've been. And uh, I'm always thinking, like, why? Like, I want to try to codify it. I don't want it to just be like, well, this is, we're lucky. Yeah. Things are, you know, cool because, you know, if you if you just let things happen by chance, it just it comes and goes. I want to make it so we can positively inf- impact as many people in the community as we possibly can. And the way to do that is to understand exactly what it is about what we do that makes it easier for people to come in. 
Yeah. And what is it that we're doing once they're here where they want to stay? Like, what are some of these things that we're doing really well? And, you know, we talk about this all the time, right? And now I'm starting to talk to other school owners about it, right? I'm trying to, like, help some of my, my peer group, like mm-hmm. people who aren't quite doing what we're doing. And one of the things I keep coming back to is this. Like, yeah, you got to develop the culture and everything, like what we already talked about. But you got to let jujitsu do the heavy lifting. Yes. You got to let jujitsu do the work. Like, what do you think that means? I know I always try to stump you, but I well, would. Well, no, I, I think it's it, it's true. I think that. Like, how does jujitsu do the heavy lifting in terms of making people want to come and having people stay? I would say part of it is, and, and this may be a simplistic view of it, is, you know, the way we present the jujitsu. We like have the, our, our teaching, curriculum, teaching methodology, our teaching methodology, the way we have it structured. Mm-hmm. So, you know, week one is the guard and, you know, the first four weeks basically is working from the guard. Yeah. Sweeps, passing, passing from the feet and submissions. Yeah. We're giving them the Legos. Like, yes. Here's, here's some Legos. And that's They're just not the even really building the, exactly. the castle yet. And then you're looking like the first day is very basic. But what happens on your first day? That's that anchors in the fact that they know they belong here. What happens on their first day? The very first day when they work in, as soon as they walk in, that's the other thing, man. You, you're you welcomed. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? What's going on? And it's not like we're, we're genuinely the, happy to see yeah, you. Yeah, it's not like I'm getting paid to do it. I'm not the guy in the, at the Hilton sitting there, hey, it's good to see you. How can I help you? Here, yeah. go through the, no, this is... <clears throat> oh, there whoa. goes your phone, you old oh, bastard. No. So everything that we, I think, one and we've said it before, the thing that we do very, very well is we are open and honest that we appreciate you coming into the academy, whether it's your first class or your 300th class. We're always happy to see you. I'm happy to see everybody that walks in the door. I'm happy because you want to engage in something that we cherish and we love. All right, so so yeah, that's where it starts. I want to jump ahead a little bit because we have a lot I want to talk about. Yes, sir. So when I say jujitsu has to, you have to make it so jujitsu does all the heavy lifting. I think one of the problems people have is in terms of like the culture of their school, man, some people try too much to, I don't know, philosophize the whole thing. Yeah. You know, like get too metaphysical with like what we're doing here. And, you know, some people go with a way the other way, make it more of a fight club. But the truth is that still, you're putting it in the hands of jujitsu a lot more than if you, if you go the opposite way. Like people are here to do what? Exercise, get in shape. Wrong. So- socialize. Wrong. wrong. You're wrong. Okay. You, you're wrong. What are we I'm here? sorry for being so abrupt. No, no, it's true. We're here. No matter what, no matter what they say, I'm here to exercise. Yeah. Out of 100 students, I would say two or three are legitimately here just to get some exercise. I would say two or three more are legitimately here to socialize. All right. I would say 90. I can't count. 94. What are we at? 94. 95% of those 100 students, that's 95. They're here to learn how to fight. Yes. They're here to learn how to fight. Why? Because they don't like how it feels when they're in the parking lot at Target and they're scared. They're scared. They don't like they don't like how they feel when they go to like, you know, a house party and they think somebody can really abuse them. They don't know they don't like how it fe- how the, how she feels when she goes to her car after work at night. Yes. People are here to learn how to fight. And for some reason, not for some reason, it's obvious. We're living in the inf- the social media influencer world and, and the meme world. And everything has to be turned into some catchphrase. <laughs> and something has to always be higher minded. Yeah. And everything has to always have the lesson embedded in it. Sometimes the lesson is we're 
how to choke somebody. Yeah, and I was taking that. I'm that, sure you I was were. thinking of it that well, way. Well, I, you know, I got a lot think... to say, so I want to jump in front of you, dude. No, go ahead. I, I brought this up because I was listening to Danaher on Rogan the other day. Yeah. You know, I, you got I have a whiteboard over here. It yes. says Danaher on a... What the hell? Oh, Danaher on I can't a read my own handwriting. I tried putting up some notes on the on a whiteboard today. It just didn't really work It says out. me winning as if you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever the hell that means. It says Danaher on the appeal of, of martial arts. Yeah. He he talks beautifully to, to Rogan about what the appeal of martial arts is and... You know, because Rogan talks about his start in martial arts, which he's he's you know he's mentioned this story dozens of times on his podcast, where like he's like about to jump on the train or something with his buddy in Boston, and they're waiting for the train, and up the stairs to this building, he hears like whack clink, whack clink, and he walks up, and it's a guy hitting the sidekicks on a heavy bag, and it's just like it, the guy happened to be like a world champion, like yeah. best kicker in the world, but it just hit him like boom, I'm doing this, yeah, you know, forget baseball, I'm not, I'm doing this. He's like 15. And then, uh, you know, Danaher chimes in on, like, what is so appealing about it. And he, and he talks about martial arts is this beautiful mix of you can't have a society where you're um, a saint amongst murderers. Yeah. Right? Like, where you have you, – you're completely unable to enact violence in a world that is violent, which, you know, it's incidentally, world, we live in a, a violent world. Yes. And, and that's inherent in us. Like, we all know what it feels like to be scared. And there's just, like, an inherent part of you that you know you have to have the ability to, to do violence. And then the flip side of that is, though, you also don't want to be, like, a friggin' wrecking ball in a peaceful world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you don't want to be a warmonger in a peaceful world. And in a lot of ways, we live in a civilized, uh, you know, orderly society. So what he says is like unchecked violence, like it can't stand, right? Yeah. Martial arts is this beautiful mix where we're learning violence, like we're practicing the skills of violence in this very cooperative, refined, hierarchical environment. Yes. It's very, very appealing. Like on a, on a deep um, genetic, I would say, and even evolutionary like basis, it's encoded in you that you know you have this inherent feeling, this drive where you, I gotta learn how to protect myself. Yeah. I have to learn how to defend my my family. I, I have to be able to like enact violence should the situation arise. And the truth is, no matter what CNN might tell you or what Fox News might tell you, I have to say both. Yeah, The world really is fucking pretty dangerous, It is man. very dangerous. You and see it in the news all the time. Local news mostly. Shit happens. It does happen. Shit happens. And if you're not prepared for it, well, shame on you. Right, man. So. So again, like I, I don't ever. All right, Big J, you know Big J. Yeah, he Hate is him. jacked, man. I'm afraid I for when he gets a blue belt. I know. I haven't rolled with him yet because since he's wait, been like, wait till you're, you're until I'm like really, until yeah. I'm really like your shoulders stitched 100%. up. But he, man, he's a beast. But he wears a shirt that says "Violence is always an option." Yeah, which you know, if you wear that to Whole Foods, <gasps> how dare how you? How dare you? That's like the, uh, what I love the, the, the make jujitsu violent again. <laughs> yeah. I like that, man. I like that. I like that a lot. And the funny thing is I'm not a violent guy. I'm not either. You know, like maybe in my early years at one, once upon a time, but that was for a few reasons. One, I was insecure. Yeah. And we talked about that. Yes. You know, maybe I was like, anytime somebody intimidated me, there was this thing inside me that made me, I had to fight. I got to fight. Um, and I had a lot to prove. It's a very human thing for a 19-year-old boy, you know, full of, like, all these new hormones, yep. surrounded by other 19-year-old boys and girls, 
you know, you peacock a little bit and you that's in you. It is. That in doesn't you. go away. Nope. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the more there's a little bit of a tangent, the more society tries to stifle that that natural tendency, I think bad things happen. That's the uh what is it? Like, oh, he wants to fight another kid. Like you get a five year old on the playground that that, you know, fights another kid, rolls around in the dirt. Yep. Medicate him. Kid's a monster. No, you know. Yeah, how is that going to play out in 10 years? It's not positive. And it's when you build up so much. You, and it could be anything when I say this. But just as an example, if you build up, you shake up a soda can. You shake it up, you shake it up, you shake it up. <laughs> what happens? It's going to explode. Explodes. It's going to explode. But if you just... You let it out easy. Right. And how do you do that? You're right. Yeah, man. You got you got to find ways to do it, and and if you're in the ex- it, it, just example like you're saying, learning how to defend yourself, you know, that solves so many problems. Even here's the deal. Hopefully, you never ever have to use it. Never have to use it, I, I, dude. I, I really think that the more you know how to fight, the less likely you are to, to need to. The big part of it is preparedness. A big part of it is awareness. Yes. You know, like for me personally, knowing how fragile, one of the things when I first started training for real, like when I was like 22, 23, like first like actual MMA experience, one of the things that really was eye-opening to me was how freaking vulnerable and how uh, fragile a human is. Yes. You know what I mean? Like luckily up till that point, all the street fights I got into, I wasn't, I just wasn't that good at fighting, you yeah. know, and neither was the other guy. And because that could have went bad. That could have went really bad. We've all seen the situation where it's gone bad, and it's a bad yeah, sight dude. to see. Yeah, it's ugly. A violence is ugly, and the more you are, I guess, put in a combat situation where here it's it's structured, it's safe. It's uh, you know, it's like a professional violence place. Yeah. Like the more you're you're exposed it's a controlled to that, mayhem. It it is it is, and the more you're exposed to it, I think, in this type of an environment, the way way you're way less likely to. To be willing to, to to do this outside the school. It's presentation. How do you present the ability to defend yourself, to fight for yourself? Well, you you wear confidence on your face. You wear it in your shoulders. You wear it in your body. True. You know, it's not, well, like it's pretty I'm obvious that nobody's play gonna butterfly guard. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> but it's pretty obvious nobody's gonna mess with you. Yeah. It's pretty obvious nobody's gonna mess with me. Yes. You know, but even take a guy of a smaller stature, like a guy like Ob. Yeah, he's not a big jacked animal. No, he's com- he's a confident guy, yes, and he, he wears is. that on his face as he should be. Yeah, man, and you know he knows how to fight. Yep, which I just I don't ever want. And and this was a very big roundabout way to get back to the fact that you know what I think we do really really well here is we do a little bit of the the philosophy. You know, we do a little bit of like that that culture control. And we do have talking points on what you're getting out of training. We do highlight the camaraderie. We do like highlight the uh, the willingness to to persevere and how important these things are. You know, I do my videos with Juliana for yep. YouTube. Those things are important. I do my blogs, but day to day, really, what's happening here is we do very little yap yap yap, you know, and we do very little metaphor, and we get after it. Yes. We let jujitsu do the heavy lifting. Exactly. So somebody comes in here within the first three months, the reason there's somebody completely different and the reason they're hooked on this is because that deep primal uh, need is being satiated. Yep. We're, we're teaching them how to fight, how to defend themselves. And fight does not equal attack. Keep that in mind. Dude. Yeah. Fight means you, you can defend yourself. 
Yeah. If something went down, you can you can if something popped off, you can get after. We it. still present a lot of the takedowns as you're in a Walmart parking lot. You start, yeah. You, somebody, yeah. You you park and somebody gets all pissed off at you. They're gonna come and take yeah. a whack. Walmart and park. Trust that, me, I mean that's a that's joke. gonna happen. But that is not. That's a scenario that if you've ever been in a Walmart in a Walmart parking lot, it could possibly happen at any given time. Yeah. And how do you address that situation? Do you, you know, do you accept the punch to the face or do you eliminate the threat? Dude, the funny thing is, I'm trying to think of specific examples. I'm not going to give any like names, but there are a lot of karate schools out there. And like, you know, tongues, like, you know, yeah. all those that uh, they market way more than we do. That they're or way more than other jujitsu schools, I would say, because we do talk about the fact that we're learning how to fight. They talk about the ability to fight to their students way more than like a jujitsu school. Yes. Where the funny thing is, a lot of them don't know how to fight. Yeah. And you know my take on that. I think it's criminal. Like I think it's dangerous to tell somebody you're teaching them how to fight when they can't actually defend themselves. But I think the other mistake, and if like you're a school owner, a jujitsu school owner, listening to this. First off, you know, if you disagree, give me a call. I'd love to have a like a debate about this and a conversation, but don't get away from the fact that your students came to you to learn how to fight. Yeah. It's too it it's a mistake to try, try to pull them in and and then only focus on the personal growth and you know, the achievement. Those things are there whether you say it or not. It's accrued through all the training. It's through gonna learning happen. how yeah. to fight, the confidence, you know, all that all the good stuff that comes from fighting on the mat every day. Yeah, combat. Yes, it is Control, combat. I say it combat. all the time. We get after it. We fight. We, you know, you you learn very early on that the stuff that you do on a daily basis in here, the grinding, the getting after, to get your ass handed to you by somebody that's half your size, you're building your ability, your skill set, and everything else comes from it. You know, yeah. you could take a little bit of this, you know, salt, pepper, garlic, salt, a little of this, a little of that. It doesn't look like anything. It looks like just a. What recipe. about what about cumin? Uh, cumin's cumin. good in a rub. When like when I rub the ribs, <laughs> yeah. it's really good. But it's that thing that it takes all these little things to get that stew. Yeah. Or, you know, to make the perfect rub for ribs or marinate that Yeah, steak. but every stew You can't has... have just one thing. It takes a lot of things. Dude, the stew. To make the perfect steak. But without that meat, without that meat, you gotta that have stew the meat. sucks. That's the thing that I'm saying. The is, meat yeah. and the potatoes is jujitsu. It's the hard training. It's exactly. the training effect. You guys hear me say the training effect a lot. And uh, I'll say something like, you know, the training effect is real. And the training effect is... You just did three hard rounds in a row. You're breathing heavy. Your endorphins are pumping. That's where all the great things just happen. But all, man, if you're not doing that, all this talk yeah. means zero. Yes. It is fiction. It is theoretical. It is hypothetical. It's philosophical. But a lot of times philosophy means BS. Yeah. You know, so let's never lose that, Coach Pete. It's the proof. Yeah. It's the proof. Like you said, yeah. it's philosophical. Until you prove it, it's just a well, theory. Dude, that's what I like so much about the Stoics. Yeah. You know, even though, all right, my my thing with uh, Seneca is he's worth a lot of money, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but anyway, a lot of these Stoics, they actually did practice what they preached. And yeah. they, they learned a lot of their philosophy through 
dressing in like very plain garb and going without food Mm -hmm. and like, you know, not living a life of luxury. And then they could talk about it. Whereas a lot of philosophy is just like high minded stuff in the clouds. Right. Which I know would upset a lot of people, a couple of my dear friends. (laughs) Um, But man, like that's not what we're doing here. None of it's hypothetical. It's not like, oh, if I were to punch you here, your heart would stop. You know, blood technique. No, right? it's like, let me show you this choke. <laughs> yes. All right, now don't let me do it. Yeah. And then I do it. And like it, do it, it, it works, works, man. And the cool thing is, along that road, that pursuit of mastery, that pursuit of learning how to fight, is a lot of personal growth and a lot of like self discovery, and a lot of like you know development of compassion and empathy and and willingness to serve others yeah. and. All those beautiful things. But you can't just talk about those things and have it happen. You have to do it. Yeah, and I I just, we have such a good balance, I think, of just getting after, getting after, getting after. And then, like, after a whole lot of getting after, we say, doesn't that feel good? It feels great. Do you know why that feels good? Because this is happening. Yesterday, man, I'm telling you, there was a lot of smiles. A lot of smiles. Almost 40 smiles. And there was a lot of back slapping and getting after it and everybody. It was... Man, it was electric. Yeah. It was electric and the energy was there and it was everything. It was, I would say this, it, you'd have to say it was like the perfect open mat because of the energy, the people from all levels. And the output. The output. It was there. Yeah. It was, man, 100% it was there. Everybody got after And I'm a big fan of that term, get after it. Um. Everybody got after Because you have to get after it. Yes, because if you don't. You got to go and get it. Yes. You got to. You have to change, man. You got you to gotta chase what we're trying to do here. Dude, one of, one of the things uh, Matakis would always say to me, like if I'm coming back from an injury or something, and when you're like a blue belt, purple belt, and you don't really have the skill yet, it's hard coming back from an injury because you, you just can't really protect yourself without using all of your physical attributes because you don't have the skill set yet. Yeah. He would always say, only you can make you tired. I'd be like, dude, yeah, I'm, I only got three rounds. I'm not in shape yet. He's like, what do you mean? Only you can make you tired. Which, you know, he's a freak. So it's yeah. hard for him to understand. But uh, what he means by that is in jujitsu, you don't have to engage. Like, you don't have to fight out. Like, yeah. you can just let, you could just defend. Yep. Not give up, give up subs. Just kind of be the nail. I don't like that. Uh, I don't like that. Like, I like to get after it. And yeah. what is it? Like, I'm chasing that thing. Yep. I mean, I can't really articulate. You know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. You know, like I'm getting after it. Like I want to feel my heart in my ears. Yes. You know, and I want to feel like like the adrenaline shooting down to my toes. Yes. I want to feel that primal satisfaction of having dominated and, and, some, and had somebody acquiesce Quit. and just say, no, no, thank you, no yeah. more. That's it. That's yeah. me getting after it. Exactly. I dig it. I, uh, I'm addicted to it. Oh, I'm I know, I know you are. I am holy God. Oh and you don't God. have to do it that way. No, no. And I don't do it every time. Dude, you know what? I, I tried bringing Tony on uh, this morning, but he was like, I got too many calls. We have so many inquiries. I know. He's got like 15 calls he's got made from the he's weekend. Got close to 20, right? Um, which I wanted to get him on because uh, him and I, he and I, we have, and, and you, we have similar philosophies, I think, on training. Yes. Like we're here. Like this, I got an email over the weekend from an inquiry. Some guy was like, hey, do you, uh, first off, he goes, hey, do you offer any discounts? <laughs> I was like, oh, God. And then uh, he's like, do you, um, 
I, he's like, I really want to, I'm interested in this sport. And I was like, that's a weird sport. That's a weird thing to say. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not faulting him for it. It's just, it's getting more and more clear by the day that like, especially these younger guys are coming in, like, like John Battle, he's through and through a sport jujitsu guy. Yes. Now, if somebody wanted to hurt him, the, that guy's going to get his back taken and strangled <laughs> yeah. in, in 10 seconds. Yes. Um, I've, I've never really been one of those guys who, who would take that position that they're sports jiu-jitsu and then they're self-defense. If you're grappling, you're grappling. You're grappling. You're prepared for a fight. Keenan had that conversation with Hinger. Hinger. Yeah. And he brought – and he's – I mean, he's 100% whether in the gi. Keenan. Keenan. Sports jiu-jitsu. 100%. Yeah. And he said – Hinger asked him, he goes, here's the thing. If somebody came in and I had to get into a fight, I'm still doing jujitsu. I could still choke the life out of this guy. Yeah. It's still going to be there because what you're doing every day, it's controlled mayhem. It's, it's probably it's, easier for Keenan when somebody's trying to punch him. Yes, because he knows how to counter. Look, man, I fought around. MMA. It was, it was a relief to get in the cage because it was easier than doing like Naga's. Because in Naga, you know, the guy's trying to stop your grappling, and, yes. he's, and he's he's a grappler, and and just, like, the dynamic's very different. When somebody's trying to knock your block off, yeah. it's great for a jiu-jitsu guy. Yep. Like, in a self-defense situation, too. And Ricardo started our, our, our amateur MMA team. He was like, you guys can start mounted in the bottom mount in the middle of the ring, and you still have the advantage on these guys because we were superior jiu-jitsu guys. Yes. That's the thing. But anyway, I wanted to, you know, talk to – to Tony about like you know his philosophy on this because we're coming here to fight yeah you know like out of out of a hundred those hundred people who come in like I do any of them really want to come in because they want to be the next EBI star they don't know what EBI is. right like do they want to come in like does anybody ever walk in fresh off the street and go man I want to win Abu Dhabi that's why I came in uh, they don't know what that is they man. don't know what it is no they they come into a new world. They're in, they're introduced to a new world. Yeah, it's like uh, it was a hook. Yeah, <laughs> he all of a sudden he's like, "Where am I at?" He's in, you're in was it Neverland? You know, whole, this doesn't make any sense to me. But once they get in, then all of a sudden they're doing the rhymes, they're singing and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, dude, they're, look, they you get be, they get assimilated into what this is. Right, and then and then something might become appealing to them, like like Napoli. Yeah, you know, Napoli came in just because he wanted to train. He was like a UFC fan, always yes. wanted to do, and that was he wanted to do jujitsu because he loved UFC. Yes, that was the combat aspect. He came in because he wanted to learn how to fight for his son. He wanted to show his right, son. and he didn't want to be, big, you know, yeah, like a like fucking job of the hut for his yes. son. He wanted to set a good. He said himself he wanted to be somebody his son could look up to. Yes, he did that, man. He did really well. He lost a hundred pounds. Um, you know. A yeah. bit of a backslide lately, but we'll get him back in. Yep. He was yeah. in yesterday. I know. I saw him, dude. I got to be tough on Napoli. He he responds well to it. But um, And he knows it comes from the heart. Yeah. Anyway, he he comes in, and it did not take very long for him to realize, like, he wants to be a sport jiu-jitsu guy. Yes. Not only that, he wants to be a no-gi sport jiu-jitsu guy. He became smitten with that whole scene. Yes. Which is fine. And, like, I encourage that, dude. And. Is there anything in sports jujitsu that we're not like up on? No. No, we don't, we never turn a blind eye to that. In fact, I scoff at a lot of the quote unquote self defense techniques from jujitsu. Yeah. I think a lot of them are, you know, my teacher, Ricardo, like we didn't use mo the vast majority of like the original Gracie self defense. The 18 or was the 16? I think it might have been 16. like 44. I don't even know. It doesn't matter because Ricardo and Henzo 
fought MMA. Like, they know what works and what doesn't work in a fight. So, like, our quote-unquote self-defense instruction pretty much looked like basic MMA. Mm -hmm. Effective stuff. You know, basic MMA with jujitsu, like, you know, finishes. Um, So, my point being, nonetheless, when somebody comes in, it's to fight. It's to learn how to fight. It's to to know how to defend yourself. And you learn that. Yeah. That's the best part, and you lo- you learn it having a lot of freaking fun. Yeah, and once once you're in, like you're saying, once you're in Neverland, yeah, then you can start to to like open it up a little bit and 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 really start to see all the benefits and all the like just a little nuanced awesome things about it that you can't just force down somebody's throat and like convince them of until they've experienced it. Yeah, and that's one of the things that we saw yesterday at Open that was you have the one-stripe white belt that's only had their one stripe for a very short amount of time, and they're already embracing open mat and getting after it. And coming in and accepting humility, it's kind of being forced upon them, especially when you're the bigger, stronger guy and the smaller guy's flipping you over. (laughs) And they're going, what the hell just happened? And go, well, this is part of the process. This is part of your learning process that nobody comes in uh, Hodger Gracie. Nobody. Nobody comes in Hodger Gracie. Nobody comes in Gordon Ryan. Nobody comes in, you know, the Meow Brothers. The men. We get put, there's an endless list of people. Yeah, but people some people come, come in, in, some people come in with insane attribute, skill set. Like, uh, but their jujitsu is terrible. That's the thing is that's like, we, how many times have we said it? As soon as the Hortons learn a little bit of jujitsu, dude, you're, they're going to be, yeah, that, that you can apply that when the Hortons are wrong with us. Yes. You know what I mean, but but like Danaher talked about, there's like a continuum, you know, and there's like a like a like a relationship, and he's like the classic battle in martial arts is attributes versus skill. Yeah, right. And of course, like all things being equal, you know, more skill is gonna you know overwhelm, or all things being equal, equal in skill, more the you know bigger, stronger, faster guy is yeah. gonna overwhelm. The thing about attributes, though. You can only develop so much skill in so much time. Yes. So if you've only been training for a couple of years, which could be a long time, depending on what you've done in those two years, and you get somebody like Hodges comes in, his just day one attributes are so overwhelming, you know, it's going to overpower that that very small skill set that you have. Exactly. So for the vast majority of our school, which, you know, I don't know. common folk. Well, I, I'm just saying, like in terms of, of like uh, experience level. Yeah. You know, we've been open for seven years. Yeah, we, we do have like a, a pretty substantial uh, stable of senior students now. But at an open mat, what fifty percent of them are white belts? Yeah, I'd say. 50% yeah, that means the, the majority of the people rolling with Hodges are, are just starting out. Yeah. Luckily, dude, he's you know he does a great job training with somebody who doesn't have his strength, speed, yes. stamina, um, and even skill. Yep. You know, he's developing some skill. But uh. You know, skill only goes so far. Like, I, I, we can never be blind to the fact that strength matters, speed matters, flexibility matters, endurance matters. Yes. And, like, Danaher talks about, like, those those mental attributes matter, too. Like, people people underplay confidence in a role. We always think about confidence in, in terms of competition mm-hmm. or, or, like, just being out in the world. Even in a training setting, confidence plays a role. Like, you have to have the confidence to actually try to apply a technique. Yes, I mean, it's obvious you need the confidence to, to roll with someone who's bigger, stronger, and better than you. But even in the middle of a roll, like you're to seize an opportunity, especially at a higher level, you need the confidence to go after it. 
100%. And we always tell like our white belts, you'll never have a good guard till you have the confidence to throw up a triangle, to throw up an arm bar. Yeah. And of course you're hesitant because you throw up your first triangle, what really happens? They, they, they pass they your pass guard. You. And you're they stuck on bottom for five exactly. minutes. But you know, the only you get more confident the more you do it because the more you do it, the more success you find. Yeah, most most cases. It's how you grow. Exactly, you have to grow. Yeah, I was listening to um, I I I signed up for like this Jordan Peterson thing. I'm a big fan of Jordan Peterson. Yes. So it's his uh, it's pretty much like his personality course, because there's like five big personalities out there apparently in like psychology, and he's like the reason you need to know this is like the better you can understand yourself the better you understand your strengths and your weaknesses and the better you can interact with the world around you. Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, like if you're if you're like an introvert, like you'll know how you'll do in certain set settings with interacting with an extrovert and things like that. And he's like the good thing is like most of this stuff is inherent. Like when you're born and you could see it with like Scarlett and Avery. They're very different kids. Yeah. You know, Avery's two like she'll be 3. It's pretty clear she's very like empathetic. Like if somebody gets hurt, she hugs them. Yeah. Like, she'll bring me over a drink. She's like, you look thirsty. You know, <laughs> she's just like this little lovable soul. That's never going to go away, right? So she's she's like an empathetic person. I think she's pretty introverted. Now, for her, her goal is going to be like, you'll never move your dot, so to speak, along that graph. Like, she'll always be that person. Yes. As like, you know, the main pillar of who she is, her personality. But her job is to spread the dots out to the sides as much as possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wonder what type of things she could engage in to help her grow in that sense. Let me think for a second. What's that on your shirt? What's that say? Oh. As Danaher says, jujitsu. Jujitsu. Yeah, he brought that up. Why does nobody realize he says jujitsu? I'd never realized it until you brought that up. He said it a thousand times on that. (laughs) He's been doing that for years, jujitsu. That's crazy i'm gonna have to ask him you're gonna have to ask him. we should call him call him give him a call he's untouchable now yeah which is crazy when i first started like in 2007 you know he's just the guy who taught at at henzo's, at henzo's yeah. i mean i remember With the glorious coma it was sweet i remember like my uncle would would speak about him very highly like I mean, he's like the mad scientist but uh he was just some guy yeah. he was just some guy who taught you know he's taught in like mma shorts and, and a gi top and had a coffee in his hand it's crazy like that's a really good example of Maybe too far in one extreme, but like just being like you go from just being a guy to the guy. Yeah. Like look at another bad example is is Gary because right when he started, everybody's like this guy's special. Yeah. What would be a good one? I well, mean, the, the point is like given time and and purpose and direction and focus. Like nobody's more focused than Dan or her. He literally spends his entire life. On Watching thinking about martial arts, yeah. just thinking about martial Even arts. Even like Craig Jones says, when he was on the uh, last, I week, didn't listen to that one. It was very good. It was very good. He was on with uh, I forget the guy's name, one hundred forty-five pound uh, UFC champion. Oh, it's like Volko. Volko, yeah, that guy. And he was there because he was on the tough show. Yeah, they just fin- finished filming it, and he was like, "Yeah, he's like, you know, when he's not with us, he's at home watching film on it, yeah. and he's finding stuff." I mean, you'd almost have to say that's he's an eccentric when it comes to yeah. it, which is you need that. And, and you know, you, you can also I think a lot of that comes from that if he never produced a Gary, a Gordon, you know, all those guys, nobody would ever really know who he is unless you're in the family. You he would have just still been an he, instructor. He at exactly. And it takes that that great student. student yeah, you need that, that shows 
all this stuff. But otherwise, it's just a bunch of guys sitting in a basement training jujitsu. Yeah. You have to. It's the proof. The proof. You have to. You have to provide proof. I don't know anybody in New Mexico. You have to provide proof that all your theories, your processes, your techniques. Interesting. Work. Hmm. Hmm. It's funny how that works, right? So otherwise, without the proof, it's just theoretical. Theoretical. And we've circle. come back full circle. Isn't that crazy how that works? Yeah, but I, dude, the lesson is, um, man, a little bit of focus, a little bit of energy, a little bit of uh, direction. Yeah. You can do anything. You really can. And that sounds corny as hell. But it's true. Oh, man, it's true. Let's wrap it up, dude. Yeah. That was a good one. Yes, sir. We'll be back in a couple days. I'll, uh, I'm going to be out tomorrow getting another tattoo. Hey, now. And then I'm uh, out tonight. I have a uh, we'll confirmation. We'll miss you, coach. <laughs> but uh, we'll be back on Thursday, guys. Awesome. Take care. Thanks, guys.